I would like to formally identify myself as a hedgehog. with aggressive and evil intent. It always goes to World War II. Friends rebel against their own government like it's a seasonal holiday. The pictures I've seen have just been him making out with other dudes. I'm the authority here. So much radiation, who's going to notice if we just nuke the frame? <laughs> Alright, welcome to the last three brain cells. I'm Lucas, uh, your aerial swine, uh, getting into dogfights with all the bitches. And I'm here with Jeremiah. Yep. Somehow I like that better. I'm... I am sitting in the room, and I, I thought of a secondary name for you based on last week's episode. Okay. And the Seeker of Eel Genitals. Seeker of Eel Genitals. I feel like that's a, just a little too long. I'm sure we can find a way to shore it down. I'll just have my brain working on that in the background. Okay. I don't think I, it's too long. I just think it's a little on the nose. Oh, you know what? You've got a point I, there. I hope my nose isn't on ill genitals but like you're right the name would seem that that's what you did want okay but we got a third person here who we currently do not know their whereabouts who do we have on the other side of this microphone where am i when am i let's find out who apparently does not have a name oh yeah the 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 mystery man your friendly neighborhood black guy Ooh, we've never said that S-A-2-M's he's black before. S A two M's and a Y. Yeah. Oh yeah. shoot! I outed myself. God damn it! I could have. I could have gotten a tax break. God. Well. Ah. So we got Sammy over there, and just to give you guys the full context, he is somewhere on a work trip, and he has not told us where he is, but he has promised to drop clues throughout the podcast. Also, as far as you know, I may or may not be black. It's it's an ongoing mystery. Uh, we don't see color here at the last three brain cells. Brains are the actual cells are incapable of telling the difference. So yeah, it's made. Yeah, uh, we just see fifty. Uh, we just see fifty shades of gray. Well, it's definitely made looking at a rainbow or drawing it in a kindergarten class tough. And let me tell you, when you draw when you color a rainbow wrong, kindergartners will let you know. And some of them, they can whip a crayon pretty hard. I, I feel like I there's a bigger my, story behind this. I'm having flashbacks, so uh, I think right. we're going to have to move on. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll spare Jeremiah then. You know, it made me think, uh, discussing the possibility no. of Sammy potentially being black, uh, yet to be confirmed or denied, uh, I did start to think of potential art for the podcast and i was thinking so i'm kind of established as a flying pig i think so i could have like a sword in my mouth or something like that and sammy you go by on like discord wait 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 i would like to formally identify myself as a hedgehog are you talking regular hedgehog or like african pygmy hedgehog i'm talking about a chinchilla with a spiny mohawk Chinchog. Okay. Hedgehilla? Hedgehilla, that's what I am. That's definitely a pygmy hedgehog. Just as a former owner of hedgehogs, I'll have to say that. I mean, you do know chinchillas, uh, they they can't get wet or they basically die. Yeah, they take dirt baths. Yeah. 
They get the the wet tail thing and they just straight up die. Well, it's a good thing that Sammy is not a chinchilla. He is a hedgehog, which the specifically the African pygmy hedgehog. If you poke their little bellies when you put them in the water, sometimes they float. That huh. sounds that sounds adorable. That sounds amazing. I do float. Well, I was going to say, Sammy, you could be a black bear with just like tons of cocaine just like running down your face, but. But he doesn't I think do cocaine. we have other questions to address regarding bears and cocaine at the moment. That's true. Okay, so that that's what Sammy is. And I'm interested to see into the brain cell of Lucas. What does that leave for Jeremiah? Yet to be determined. We know you're an acrobat. We had a whole part of the podcast talking about your origin story. Kind of like a superhero origin story. That's only part of that superhero origin story, too. There's so much more. I mean, I hope it doesn't have the Batman start, because that would be sad. No, both of my parents are alive and well, and unlike most people who are statistically my age, I I, I still have three grandparents. Oh, you can't be a superhero. (laughs) Aren't there superheroes that are, like, vampire-related, though? Like, couldn't it just be that, like, his family are vampires and so they never die? Um, all of those also have dead parents. So hey, no. Superman is well adjusted with living parents, adoptive parents. Yeah, because eh, he didn't know the difference. Dead, right? I mean, his father is like a hologram. Is it like an AI? I'm not super well versed in Superman lore. Look, I know you are know not the, wrong. The pink kryptonite is an interesting thing that uh, happened. Did, have you what heard is the of pink the pink kryptonite? kryptonite? Uh, it was a dark age for Superman. Um, it turns it out was a dark age. Pink kryptonite makes him gay. Huh? No, it I, doesn't just make him gay. It turns him into a woman as well. Huh? I just Wait, uh, the the pictures I've seen have just been him making out with other dudes as a dude. Oh, well, the picture I've seen also give him long hair, uh, a more bustier bosom and like long fingernails with. Nail polish included. I'm just going to be totally real with you guys. Pink kryptonite sounds super lame. If I want my Superman to be able to make out with other men based on the writer and the world not think that's a disadvantage to him. The Greeks certainly wouldn't. Not all kryptonite are disadvantaged because there's there's kryptonite that makes him stronger. So the fact that it makes him gay doesn't mean it's it's treated as a negative. I mean, but in the context... Let's just it up to a... In the context of it being kryptonite, it's kind of like mm, Superman's kryptonite is weakness. It's uh, it it goes together. Jeremiah has a point. I I think we should just chalk it up to it. It strikes him with some level of hormone imbalance. That's fair. You know, speaking of Superman, there are so many Superman origins and there's so many comic book origins. But one of the best creators of DC lore has been Bruce Timm. The animator who made the uh, 90s Batman series and the 90s Superman series. I think it was like eight or nine years ago now. He came out with a movie called uh, Something Gods, like the the new gods. Did did either of you guys see this? I'm sorry. I I know the characters you're talking about, but I don't know what. I'm just I'm just thinking of Gods Among Us, like the Injustice series. You're right. It has a very similar name and I'm not getting it at this moment. Uh, But what it does is it reimagines the characters of Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman. 
And like Batman is a super scientist who gets infected with vampirism. So, you know, that's interesting, I guess, in its way. Oh, it's I cool saw a in clip the movie. of that recently. I need to dig that up. So then there's Wonder Woman, who is actually Darkseid's daughter. And I should mention that all these people like murder criminals like they don't even bother capturing them. They're just like, yeah, they're bad people like we don't care. But Superman's is really interesting because Superman doesn't land in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Instead, he lands somewhere either in New Mexico or Arizona and lands in a place where he's picked up by an immigrant family. So his whole life, he is pushed around by the law because he's by all means uh, an American. I guess I should say illegal immigrants who have clearly crossed the border for some reason. And because he has always been on the opposite side of the law and kind of pushed around, you get this really to the point Superman who's like, yeah, I'm not even dealing with authority. Like, I'm the authority here. He laser beams people to death. He punches them to death. It's a wild ride. But the movie is uh, is worth the watch. Interesting. I'm I'm always down for an evil Superman story. And he's not really evil. Like that's that's the anti-hero. Yeah, a little bit more. Like all of them are a little bit more anti-hero. And then the Superman story is really just following a line of logic. Like, yeah, what if he didn't have an upbringing where he was in the middle of Kansas, like an every boy American? He gets treated uh, kindly for happening to be an alien race that lands as white. The convenience. I mean, given the time period he's supposed to land, he kind of hit the jackpot there. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Superman being from Kansas, how's Kansas, guys? It it exists. I I think so. It's cold and rainy right now. We're in a season that, uh, for those of you who like to follow dates and try to puzzle out when we were when we record these things, a very large tornado has moved through a big part of Kansas right now, like a, a bigger city. So we'll let oh you super my. sleuths out there figure out where and when this exactly is but a very large one hit not too long ago big sad um i'm also in a place experiencing a lot of uh, thunderstorms you know normally we are used to a high level of humidity and some uh some good long rain but uh it's starting to get annoying <laughs> i love it but i'm flying back home uh tomorrow and i would very much appreciate it if it didn't get in the way based on what he said i'm thinking that I have no idea where he's at. I correct. Knowing that it's oh god, <coughs> Lucas is slowly <coughs> dying as well. This has been ongoing since about a week ago. Oh Don't god! Die. Oh god! Uh, sorry about that. Um, Apologize to yourself because you're the one who's got to correct the audio. Oh no! Oh <laughs> god! That's when I'm Get really going to suffer. Uh, Get no. Rude. But just knowing, oh god, it's happening again. Ah, <coughs> uh, okay. I think I'm okay. Uh, just knowing that uh, Sammy's there for work gives me a guess that I think might be too close to the real thing for me to like throw that idea out there. So maybe once it's narrowed down a little bit more, I might throw it out there and see. But I feel like this is right now a game for you, Jeremiah. It's game time. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, Sammy, um, I don't know if this is going to lead into your next clue or possibly be fishing at all. 
But I hear that you've got a new interesting segment for us. Oh, yes. Um, does not really lead into any clues at all. But I will say I'm in a state that has two vowels. And that may or may not include the vowel, the potential vowel Y. We never really know about why. Why? Why? We don't know why. Anyways. I was just trying to think of how many, if there are any states that that rules out. And I think even Utah is still in. Utah is in. Alaska. He didn't say it was cold. You said at least two vowels. But you With didn't the say exception they... being Y. Because we don't know if Y fully counts as a vowel. Oh, because I guess why? that does take Alaska out, right? That's only A's. Yep. So it has two, at least two different vowels. Yeah. Ooh, this puzzle. My ends. my guess is still uh, hasn't been ruled out yet. Sammy, I isn't there some uh, question that you are wanting to ask us? I think you're jumping ahead a little bit. Oh, am I? Uh, we're yeah. We're on yeah. Sammy's so, new segment. Yeah, I have a new segment for you guys. I was watch. I used to love animals, guys. Like my one of my first professional dreams as a kid was to become an animal biologist. I lived off of Animal Planet. Every time I go to the live, every time I would go to the library, I would go to the animal encyclopedia section and then just look at the pictures and absorb information. So animal biology and just animals in general will always have a soft spot in my heart. Did they? Did they still have zoo books? They, depending on where you go, they still have zoo books. I definitely binged most of the zoo books at my school library whenever I was still in school. But, you know, in falling back to these these old childhood loves, I found myself on YouTube and I saw a video that kind of concerned me. And having the uh, engineering brains that we have, it made me think that this animal, if enhanced, could lead to an apocalypse that I would argue is worse than a zombie apocalypse. Now, for those of you who don't know, feel free to do the research, but the animal I am talking about is formally referred to as, let me make sure I get the, the name, the proper name here, the crown of thorns starfish. Now, this starfish get, got its name um, because of how it's reminiscent to the thorny crown on Jesus Christ um, when he was nailed to the cross. And this thing's dangerous, all right? Not only is it venomous, but it's been um, an invasive species that has been destroying um, subaquatic uh, subaquatic environments, uh, particularly coral-based environments, for a while. And the main reason why I think it would be terrifying is that, first off, starfish have an amazing healing factor. When it comes to a lot of modern sciences, a lot of the things that we have developed um, in terms of healing there has been research that have been linked to starfish and their regenerative abilities. So that being in mind, imagine these things were enhanced in a way that made them super fast, all right, and made them heal even faster than they normally do. Now, already when it comes to these starfish, you have to understand, when a starfish like this gets bisected or cut in any way, the individual arms can then grow to become their own individual starfishes. So this thing, which can have like, up to 25 arms if you just shotgun blasted it in the middle you might have just created 25 new adversaries you have to fight so hold on a second you you said that uh imagine if we made these super fast do starfish even move they do move there was a really so part of what made this particular video so funny was that it was running away from its pet predator which i believe was called the great triton which is a snail 
And so they made the music sound so epic as they were chasing each other. But in reality, I believe it was moving around six inches per minute. So they're slow. They are very slow. That gives me an idea of a grim future. But I, before I throw that out there, I want to hear more about these starfish. Yeah. So in this apocalyptic situation, they'd be fast. And, you know, something like a starfish that has 25 legs, if it was super fast, if it was super fast, it basically looked like a demented mutant spider crawling at you. Also, mind you, they have an eye at the end of each arm. So just imagine that crawling on the walls, all creepy, like with one arm trying to look around the trying to look around the corner. Like, that's just a starfish thing. They're creepy. Trying to see a starfish move in hyperspeed is just creepy to look at. Don't look it up. It's terrifying. Um, let me save you some pain there. But yeah, on top of being venomous and extraordinary um, regenerative capabilities, the way they eat things is also just kind of creepy. Um, so they would kind of do some type of alien stuff where they kind of just suck the life out of you, suck your nutrients out of you, leave you a husk in... Yeah, it. I'm getting creeped out just rethinking about this, honestly. So um, they got the good suck. They got eyes the on the end indeed. of their their legs, which seems like that would be a downside because you could just like throw some ginger powdered, uh, I, I don't know, some pepper, and then they're blind. Well, yes, but the way that their sensory organs, their quote unquote eyes work are different. So it's not like our eyes where like we have eyelids. So we have to shield our eyes from incoming stuff. Their sensory organs give them kind of like kind of like the tongue on a reptile. It gives them kind of like a more something closer to thermal vision. So something just like throwing paprika at it, it won't really dull or stop the sensory organ from doing its job. The best you could do is try to confuse the sensory organ by introducing a stimuli that um, gives it an inaccurate perception of the world around it. I feel like my mind just been blown. But like, yeah, it definitely gave me Starro vibes. So how big are these things? So starfish in general can range in between like part of an inch like half an inch a quarter of an inch which would you know that'd be terrifying because it can be so small they can like crawl into your orifices and all those things but not necessarily this one but some of the largest starfish have grown up to almost four feet wide in diameter so if this thing decided to stand up on a few legs at that size and box it could box fam it's like a small child but yeah. instead, it's a starfish. I mean, both are biological hazards. But this is this is not the this is no, not the air to be saying. I such find a thing. it interesting that you're throwing out this terrifying creature, and then you just casually also throw out there that their natural predator is a snail of all things, which made yes. me think. Do you guys remember that meme from a while back where it's like, what if there was an immortal snail that couldn't die and while it was alive, you were also alive and it was just always hunting you and if yeah. it touches you, you die. And it's like, what would you do? How would you survive um, until some people are like, it'd be at the end where only you and the snail were still there. I'm just imagining a world where that snail is the only thing capable of dealing with these monstrous starfish. That is exactly the the situation of these poor starfish. 
they will live forever as long as they don't get caught by this snail. And technically, because of their regenerative abilities, they will live forever unless they are met with unsuitable living conditions or something that can destroy them in their entirety. Hence a snail. Granted, the best part, this snail that is one of their few, if not only natural predators, is something that we as human beings hunted to near endangered status because we like the way that their shells could be used to make buttons. So you're saying the bun industry almost ended all human life. In a potentially alternate universe, yes. And that it's still a possibility if we get a perchance for buttons again. Okay, here's what's going to happen. So Chernobyl is going to not just be a one-time thing. That radiation is going to, you know, get into the ocean. It's going to, you know, mess around with these starfish. It's going Hyper-accelerate to... Hyper-accelerate them. Yeah, it's going to Godzilla the bitch. And they're going to not only grow larger, but become capable of uh, surviving on land and, like, intelligent. Uh, but it's also going to do the same thing for the snails. So we're going to become spectators in an epic showdown... Uh, happening at just very slow speeds, just the snails slowly creeping towards the starfish, the starfish just wiggling with aggressive and evil intent. So the scary thing about that, my good friend Lucas, is that their toxin is is fairly potent. And the only reason the snail is one of its few natural predators is because it's developed a resistance to this toxin, to this poison. So if you grew it to such a size, assuming if the snail's resistance to poison scaled to size, that might be that might be fine. If not, starfish are going to rule the world because they got the poison to beat all poisons simply by quantity and potency alone at that size. I think for this uh, subject, we have to kind of, this imaginary scenario, we need to just kind of assume that they're scaling about equally um, with increased size. So right now, they're contenders. Assuming if they were both big boys, they should still remain contenders. Guys, it, I think there's one thing you've forgotten oh. about in this scenario. A very important fact. Yes. A reason for why the starfish will win. Okay, enlighten us. The French exist. <laughs> it's over sammy you've it's been over. to france you know exactly to what france. i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about it's over it's over okay but let's say we as a species create an accord to protect the snails from the french uh, that's so, the problem it's it's going to result in world war three so it, it, which will okay. result in more radiation and more zombie I, starfish you're assuming the french have that type of power i feel like if everything was at stake we would be like yo china yo russia uh putin how you uh, doing you've never seen the french when they really desire uh you really have not an edible delicacy <laughs> The French rebel against their own government like it's a seasonal holiday. We couldn't uh, get Russia and China to side with us. It's over. With with so much radiation, who's going to notice if we just nuke the French? Look, man. Probably the rest of continental Europe. The point is- Oh, Europe's overrated. We're not talking about the French as a government entity. We're talking about the French. 
the ravenous people who are hungry for snail. Yeah, kill them all. I mean, this is end of the world scenario. It's like, we need to protect these snails. They're our only hope against these starfish. I, I mean... I was about to take this even like worse direction, but I think we just we just uh, Hiroshima uh, solved the problem. Wow! I was wow. you know I was originally like you could just put them like isolate them in a camp, and then I realized that's basically what Hitler did. Um, you know, wow. to, get, to get away from World War II, it always goes to World War II. Uh, you know, here's an interesting thought is maybe the French would actually develop great snail husbandry and be our saviors because of their desire to eat them. Alternatively, maybe they would end up worshipping the snails as gods and Ooh, form no, the most that, dangerous cult. I don't think that would happen. I mean, we're talking about a culture where they force feed duck uh, ducks corn. Okay, but like, if not the French... There's a lot of different groups of people. I imagine that these seemingly magical saviors come back to save us. Uh, I feel like there's going to be cults. It's going to be a religion. There are going to be people saying these snails are the re-embodiment of Jesus Christ. Come back to save us. Jesus I mean, there's going to be weird stuff. I don't know, man. Okay, this so in this future scenario, we've talked about the Holocaust. We brought Jesus into it. Well, um, here's a question. Is this the scenario where Junianto's uh, spiral becomes like the Bible? He is a horror comic artist from Japan. He's very well known for horror. He has an entire book that is about like spirals. That's interesting because there there's a YouTuber who does horror art and he'll buy a lot of like children's coloring books and like make them into horror. Um, and he's always doing that artist and theme uh, inspired artwork. And I had no idea who this, you know, apparently very famous, very well known and well regarded artist was. You should actually go check him out. Have you heard of him, Sammy? I have not. I'm not a horror fan, so I would not search for this. Dude, I'm not generally a horror fan. His stuff is really good, though. I, I can't even uh, spoil any of it, but a lot of it's really good. Also, he's a really cool dude. There's a bunch of memes going on for like maybe the last year comparing him and Hayao Miyazaki, where it'll be like a picture of uh, Juniento like doing a bunch of really cool stuff and being happy, but then juxtaposed by his artwork being terrifying. And then there's Hayao Miyazaki's work, which is beautiful and gorgeous. And then it's a picture of him smoking a cigarette going like, life is not worth living, which is like <laughs> a direct quote from him, by the way. I feel like that's true to a certain extent, like more broadly. I feel like the people making children's shows probably want to kill themselves. Um, but then you'll see interviews of people who make like the most disturbing horror stuff. And they're just delightful people. I mean, every, even the darkest minds need an outlet, right? Whoever made Teletubbies had some serious issues that they, I hope they went to a therapist for. That's all. I I'm hope so, too. Have you guys actually watched Teletubbies? As a kid? Yes. It's like pleasant. Mm, it was pleasant until it gave you nightmares. I mean, all children's shows are kind of creepy. Like when you don't look at it with the innocence of a child, when it's not like force-fed to you during impressionable years i disagree but i i think that's boot point there thomas the train you're telling me those faces aren't creepy hella creepy 
They they probably eat people for breakfast. I wouldn't be surprised. They got they gotta eat something. They have giant mouths. They're trained. You know what else uh, would those mouths be for? The dark part of that is this is super dark. Um, you know that there's a lot of people who commit suicide by train every year, and I'm just thinking uh, of Thomas the the train just going along like, "Oh hey buddy, you're my good friend. Nice to," <gasps> and it like whack, and his he's just covered in blood, and then the next thing is him talking to the conductor, and it's like a therapy appointment. <laughs> Which that's really Ooh. bad. That's super bad, guys. I if Ooh. if that doesn't already exist, it should. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, the trolley question, where it's like, do you pull the trolley to if it's going to run over one person that you know versus like three or five people that are strangers? And I just imagine like the person pulls the trigger and the train. It's Thomas the train, and he just slurps up your your loved one and then backs up goes down the other track and slurps up the other people. Oh my. Man, we've gone from a nightmare scenario about starfish to how terrifying trains are. You and know- then there's a snail, a giant snail who's like going over the tracks, but because it's the snail, it's like Thomas is he's coming, he's coming in for the kill. Um and it's just this intense showdown as like people are trying to shove the snell faster and there's french people with uh like pikes that are trying to like kill the snell i would take the snail over the soul sucking train with the face you know there's I know just you said- so much like bonjour like going around it's like the people trying to save the snell and then there's like Bonjour, and they're just screaming. I know you said pikes, but I think that they have pitchforks because what is a pitchfork but an enlarged fork? It's a giant culinary instrument. That that is a good point. They could also just have giant salt shakers just spraying a bunch of salt on the snail, like die. Yeah, I was gonna say unless uh, you're gonna say fork, giant fork, halberd would be the uh, historically accurate term, but I do believe salt would be a better weapon. Oh, but here's a question. I mean, these snails, are they already aquatic snails that live in the ocean? I mean, like, do we have to figure out salinity? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, we're assuming that they're adapted to be able to survive land life in this scenario. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure how uh, vulnerable they would be to things like salt, salty solutions. I mean, if the person's, like, trying to save the snail and they're not able to, and so they're crying, and then their salty tears fall onto the snail, and it's, like, it's like turning into ash, kind of like a vampire out in the sun. We can add that to the mental picture. Hey, by that the way- That would be a very Disney-Pixar way to end the movie with a random heroic ending. This is this is for all the audio people. If you hear the sound of what sounds like a door being batted at, my cat likes to open up uh, one of the doors in our house and she like bats it open. So you may hear that and you may hear her eking meows as she walks around and tries to get us to give her attention, which you'll definitely hear that. If it's not to, I'll just find a way to just crank that audio so it's really loud. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm depressed about the nightmare snail scenario. I, you started okay. off to talk about the, the starfish, but now I think the snails are worse. No, it has an uplifting ending. I mean, the Thomas the Train's uh, a demon that we would have to put down. 
potentially the French people too, but that's that that's getting a bit dicey. That's French because they're trying to dice the Snells, and uh, uh, but I believe in humanity's ability to adapt and overcome. I think we would eventually find a way to exist and survive as a species. That makes one of us. If not, we would just nuke everything, take everything out with us. Well, on a more delightful note, a millipede that was newly discovered was named after Taylor Swift. Is that because it's... uh, Millipedes are gross. Yep. I don't know how she feels about getting a millipede named after her, but apparently the scientist that discovered her was a huge Taylor Swift fan and was like, I'm going to do this for Taylor Swift. And I feel like that's something that requires consent. But here we are. I think he made that decision too quickly. I agree. Too swiftly, if you will. Yuck, yuck, yuck. All right, what's next? I I think think we've uh, discussed uh, snails and starfish and killer Thomas the Train for for a while. I I hope we have something happy uh, on deck. No, we Happier than a millipede named after Taylor Swift? Um, yeah, I think you were too optimistic because what's next is the question of the week. Exciting. As you guys know, at this point, uh, which has not previously been established, but uh, from henceforth is, we uh, cover a ridiculous question every week and just get the last three brand sales thoughts on it. So this week... We have, you are dropped in the woods, miles away from civilization. What are the three things that you carry on you? What do you bring and how do you survive for, this is three months. I think we should do a year. Oh, I was, I was going to go easier. I feel like if you could survive three months, I guess you're throwing in things like seasonal, like winter would be 